what the doctor ordered. And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. Good morning, good morning, everyone. I am so excited to be here, and please excuse the fact that I am sounding just a little bit like Kathleen Turner. I seem to have caught one of those nasty end-of-summer colds, but we are good to go, and you know I would not miss this program for anything, especially because of my guest today. I am so excited to be talking with David Avron. And so welcome, Dave. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm doing great. Uh, sorry you're a little under the weather. I think you sound great. Oh, well, you know, it's pretty funny. Last week I actually had no voice at all, and my darling husband is who shared the cold with me, who thought it was just hilarious that I could not speak. I mean, you know, ha, how rude of him. But, you know, we the show must go on, and we've got cough drops, we've got hot tea, and we are good to go. So, Dave, before we get going, I want to tell everybody just a little bit about you. Business and at Business Marketing and Branding Pro, David Avron, is known internationally as the Visibility Coach. An in-demand keynote speaker, author, and executive coach, Dave brings his highly informative, thought-provoking, and always entertaining business marketing programs to audiences across North America and around the world, including recent presentations in Singapore, Bangkok, Bangalore, Melbourne, Brisbane, Antwerp, Buenos Aires, Monaco, London, and Dubai. Whew, I want your frequent flyer miles. He yeah, is the are, author. Hard, hard one frequent flyer miles. Oh yeah, you know, and and the problem is you don't have any fun time though. But you know, that's because you love what you do. Dave Thank is you. also the author of three books, including the popular "It's Not Who You Know, It's Who Knows You." So again, Dave, welcome. It's it's great, old friend, to be uh, to be with you on your show. Great. You know, and it's funny, Dave and I have actually known each other for quite a while. Um, quite a while, And yeah. I'm not sure, Dave, if you remember, we met when I worked at the American Cancer Society, and you were a volunteer when we were working on the Great American Smokeout. I um, do remember. Which, that, was, that was over 20 years ago. Oh, back holy when, cow. When I was you working at, at Children's Hospital in Denver, Colorado, and I, and I do remember, and I think we both served on sort of the same uh, anti-smoking coalition. We did. And doing some advocacy work. And we did. Nice we to did. see that we, we both grown up since then. And, of course, we were both just five years old when we did that. Yes, we were. That, that's Maybe ten. <laughs> still involved in good causes, but but uh, moved right. along in our, in our careers as well. I know. Very and nice it has been you. so fun. And that is, it's actually the reason that I bought Dave's book was because I knew him. Um, and, you know, and, and it's a terrific book, and I'm very glad that I have it. And I have discovered that there is a new edition, and I have the old edition. But the old edition is just as valuable. And, and so I wanted to talk about it because it leads into how we use social media online to improve and increase our visibility. Um, and really, it's not 
it just business, it's your overall visibility. Because as I tell people, you are your brand, and I know that, that you say the same thing. So even when we're just posting for fun, and I'm putting that in quotes, Absolutely. it still reflects on how we are. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. But when I was rereading the book, um, there was a, a paragraph that stuck out. And, of course, it was at the very start of the book because it was so important. And so it's talking about, I'll just go ahead and read it. Sure. Too many in today's business environment think that their brand consists primarily of their logo and their clever tagline. But a brand is so much more. In fact, it is everything. And despite your impact and influence over your brand, in the end, you don't really own it. Your brand resides in the mind of, mind of your customers. Your brand is the images, thoughts, recollections, and emotions that come to people's mind when they hear your name, see your ad, or pass your store and will add and read your posts. Absolutely. Your brand is what your customers think, remember, and feel about your business and doing business with you even after you've left the building. And then a little bit later on you say, never forget that you and your brand are always on stage and that someone is always watching, listening, evaluating, and deciding whom to buy from. So, you know, I think that is a great stepping off point for us and, sure. you know, why social media is so important. So, you know, talk to us, Dave, about what someone's online influence ha- pertains to them with their brand, whether it's personal business, the combination, all of those various things. You know, I, I think it's, it's great to even start back a little bit. As we look back about 20 years ago, when they started to talk about brands, you know, we grew up with brands. Brands, right? Mm-hmm. We understood um, it was the consumer brands. We bought Kellogg's Cornflakes and we bought Schwinn bicycles and stayed in Howard Johnson's, and it was sort of a B to C consumer brand. And then about twenty years ago, they started talking about brands and branding as it related to business to business ventures. This was kind of new in our business. And then um, they started talking about personal branding, right? Individuals, and all of a sudden, a brand called you. And it was in my profession, in marketing and and public relations and advertising. It was as if the clouds had parted and the angels sang and we had discovered this amazing new concept that was literally going to transform how we, how we looked and marketed our businesses. Um, this whole idea of branding was really a new concept. And if you think about the origination of the term itself, the branding iron, instead of searing an, Im- searing an image into the, um, the backside of livestock, branding as an exercise sears an image into your mind, right? right. And then a little bit of time passed and we realized in all honesty, it really wasn't anything new. Um, it, you can loosely substitute the word reputation. Your brand is your reputation. That's why I say it lives in the minds of other people. And if, you've done a, if you've done a good job of articulating who you are and who you want to be and living up to it in your practices, then your brand is pretty much what you want it to be. And conversely, you know, every time you've fallen short, it affects that as well. So, now, of course, we have new tactics. And we're going to talk, of course, a lot about social media here in, in this hour. We have some amazing new tactics to help influence how people think about us, but that's what branding really is. And your your social media, your Facebook, your LinkedIn, your 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 Twitter or Pinterest or anything else is a reflection of of who you are, sort of in the um, on the internet, right, on the web. And so when people see you, and I'll invite people. Um, my name is David Averin, A V R I N. Go to my Facebook page, and you'll see. And I've got almost five thousand. Friends, you know, my teenage daughters are mortified that their their old father has has so many connections. <laughs> but it's my 
you know, and, and I know, Deb, you, you, you teach this as well. I mean, this is sort of my front porch. This is how I want to be mm-hmm. perceived. And so I guard, um, and this is my philosophy very strongly, is I guard that reputation online very um very carefully. I'm very intentional about who I want to be. I have a vision of how I want to be perceived in the marketplace. As, as you had mentioned at the beginning, I speak on marketing and branding. I do keynote speeches all over the world. And so there's a part of what I do. It, it's very entertaining and it's humorous, but it's pretty hard-hitting as well. Mm-hmm. But I also understand that social media isn't about sales. It's not, it's not about selling. It's about sharing. And I think the biggest mm-hmm. mistake that people in business you um, make when it comes to social media is they treat it like traditional marketing. And they just try and push ads and push, and all we do is just not only annoy the viewer, but we just train them to go away because they don't want to be sold to. Um, I believe very strongly that that life, that business and life and relationships, it's like high school. As much as we'd like to think that we've sort of transcended um, that that dynamic when we were our teenagers. I think I think life continues to be like high school. When given the choice, we do business with people we like and people mm-hmm. we trust, and people who are funny or entertaining or um, personable, people we feel that we know. And I think social media is a great way for people to know you better, so that they like you better and they want to work with you. Right. You know, and, and there are certainly circumstances where that is exactly what has happened. Um, you know, whether it's that we read that, you know, maybe it's a new parent and, you know, and, and you are a new parent and you're thinking, oh, you know, we, we have similar interests or, you know, even though I'm here in Atlanta now, anybody who is my Facebook friend knows that I bleed black and gold. I am a University of Colorado buff and will be until the day I die. Yeah. Which, of course, doesn't quite work well down here with Georgia and Georgia Tech, but, you know, like them, just, you know, I'm, I'm black and gold. Um, and, and so there are people who, co- who will connect with me and, and possibly work with me or refer to me because of that connection. And, you know, there's, there's all these various things that go into it. And then, of course, the opposite is true. Well, maybe it is somebody who, uh, you know, and, and they, they might be, uh, you know, totally opposed to something that, that I post online and they're going to think, you know what, it just wouldn't work out if we worked together. So, you know, that's... But it is a great way of sort of weeding right. them out, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right? It is. You know, and, and I tell people, you know, there, there is no right and wrong no. with how you post online. There's perceptions, there's things like that, but you should just always be aware of what you post and the and the perception it gives. So, yeah. if uh, say you support a, um, a a political cause that some people might think is a little out there, it's okay to post about it, but just realize that some people might go, "Ooh, okay, not so much." Um, but I love your analogy about the front porch. You know, if you wouldn't yeah. tell somebody who walks up to your front porch the same thing, then maybe you shouldn't be posting it online. Well, you know what they say, you're, we have freedom of choice, we all do, and, mm-hmm. and, um, but we don't have freedom from consequence. Right. And so you can, you decide, I, I think this is the best lesson, and I know you, you teach this and you know more than I do, and, and it's a small part of what I do because it's sort of part and parcel of, of an overall brand. But for me, it starts with intention. Who do you want to be? How do you want to be right. perceived? And I think there has to be a measure of authenticity. This isn't about mm-hmm. fooling the public and, and steering them and making a spin. But who do you want to be in the marketplace? And is everything you post and everything you say, is it helping to influence people to think about you the way you want to be thought of? And 
I, for me personally, I, I won't. I don't post anything. I, I certainly have political beliefs and I have religious beliefs, but that's not part of my brand and who I am. I can't afford to offend half of my population. Right. Um, now, if you are a political commentator or you're you're have a particular axe to grind, you want to post things that that of course um, are in line with your belief system, so you attract others. Those that you repel. They're not your constituents anyway, so it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. For me, my audience is business owners and entrepreneurs and, and people who are looking to differentiate in the marketplace. So uh, the things that I post um, make me more engaging, but I'm very careful about not posting things that are overtly um, business-oriented. I, I found a long time ago when I post business-oriented things for my brand, there's this, this eerie silence you can hear crickets <laughs> chirping. Nobody cares. And I'm, by nobody, I mean nobody. But when I do things that are humorous or slice of life or especially alluding to my travels, uh, it lights up. Uh, mm-hmm. People are engaged. People here. Here's my number one lesson that I teach um, in my presentations. And it sounds um, simple, but I think it really is profound. And, and, and it goes like this. Whether it's social media, traditional marketing, if you want people to be interested, you have to be interesting. Right. That's it. Um, mm-hmm. It's. Um, I, I heard. Um, if you know Sima Dahl, she uh, she speaks on this as well. Very um, super bright, and she says when you post something online, whether it's your blog or otherwise, you got to ask yourself the question: Is it more likely to be shared or deleted? Mm-hmm. And it's a great question to ask yourself before you post something online: Is it most likely to be shared or deleted? And so the things that I put, and occasionally somebody will try to engage me in, in some sort of an argument or put something political or, or it's kind of funny, almost, you could put almost anything online and someone will find a way to blame Obama, whether you're a fan of Obama <laughs> right. or not. Mm-hmm. Or you can talk about some, you know, some hurricane coming, oh, it's Obama. Well, I won't get into those discussions, whether mm-hmm. I agree or disagree. And what I'll do is I'll quietly delete that post and um, and go back to and then I'll get a private message and this is a very interesting thing and, and Deb I'll, I'll be interested in your take on this because what I'll do is I'll get a, a reply and they'll say what you don't believe in free speech oh you don't believe in in open forum you don't understand the internet and blah 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 and I'll write them back and I'll say you have absolute free speech on your mm-hmm. page right this is my page and my mm-hmm. brand and I fiercely control it I'm not going to go put a bumper sticker on your car mm-hmm. and. I think people think that everything should be an open forum, and I think it's very dangerous um, to do that. Now, if you have a blog and it's sort of in, in set up with a, a, an overt intention that this is a public forum, but I think your page, your Facebook, your Instagram, I think it needs to be a reflection of who you want to be, and I think you need mm-hmm. to guard that. What do you think? I agree totally, and I I love what you say about you wouldn't walk up and put a, a bumper sticker on somebody else's car because that's exactly what it is, um, you know, or a, a sign in their front yard. You know, it, it's their space, and you know, in all the time I've been on Facebook, I've actually, you know, a knock on wood, only ever had to delete one comment that that anybody's ever put on my stuff, and and that was because they used very bad language. Um, Right. And I contacted him, and I said, okay, that was really inappropriate. And he apologized profusely. And it was one of those things where, it, in the heat of the moment, he had gotten caught up and, and posted some things, and then went, uh-oh, I shouldn't have done that. And he didn't realize that he could have deleted it himself because he posted it. He thought since he posted on my comment, it was just kind of there. Um, and so, you know, but but I agree totally. You know, you 
you can post what you want on your page. Just be careful what you post on my page. Um, yeah. And I, 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 there have been times. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. There have been times where I've said in the post, please no political comments, you know, and, and things like that. And you know, the nice thing is. People, for the most part, tend to respect those, um, you know, and, yeah. and so I think it's just a matter of really kind of setting up that expectation. But you know, it, it is—it's exactly what you said. You wouldn't walk up to somebody else's car and put that bumper sticker there, so don't put it on their Facebook page. Yeah, and it goes back to the whole thing of, of what do you, what do you want on there? And for some people, it, there's this this whole trend of people taking a picture of their meal. I think is really hilarious. Um, I'm not quite sure why. Um, but, you know, I get this question. I know you get this question all the time um, from clients and some of my consulting clients as well. And they say, how do you get something to, to go viral? And I mm-hmm. say, you know, it's very complicated. Just post something that's so interesting that someone would actually want to pass it on to somebody else. And they go, no, seriously. And I say, no, seriously. That's it. That, that, that's <laughs> it, right? Mm-hmm. If it's interesting, um, people will be interested and mm-hmm. so I think I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make, or maybe I'll, I'll, I'll couch it in terms of a lost opportunity, is to is to really put some thought into the things that they're posting and why. Is it is it pure ego because you want to see how many people liked what you did? I think there's going to mm-hmm. be a measure of that maybe. And, and but but I think we can be. Um, for me, if, if I post something interesting or humorous or irreverent, and I tend to be very, very irreverent on a fairly regular basis people will stay engaged and of course the algorithms will keep me showing up in their news feed mm-hmm. um, you know I want to be top of mind with with my prospects I want when I have a new book coming out I want I want people to hear about it because they're checking in on my page and it, it's interesting how many people you know you haven't heard from in, in 10 20 years will like something um, and I don't do it for ego sense I, I, I want to keep them engaged and I know for me personally the, the people that I follow or the people that I check in are, are people that have are interesting, have something to say. I mean, there's a place mm-hmm. for passionate blogs and all of that. Um, but I think for many people, I think it's just, in, in many cases, it's just too much. You know, I right. ask all the time my audiences, I said, how many people, do you not get enough newsletters? Anybody not get enough e-zines and newsletters? <laughs> and they laugh, of course, right? I don't read half the crap that I get. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's too much. It's information right. is sort of a dime a dozen so mm-hmm. even with my newsletters i i went through a process and um sort of took a good hard look at what i was putting out there and i realized i was very self-indulgent i was writing long articles and i was thinking i was adding to the public discourse and i recognized that nobody was reading them and i did a little survey monkey i said do you get my stuff and i have you know thousands of people who, who follow my my materials and and they said yes we get it I said, do you read it and basically the answer was no it's too long it's and they wanted stuff that um, and materials that that more closely um, matched my persona and what I what I do on stage and a little more of the humor and and so I, I revamped my entire newsletter and now mm-hmm. it's funny viral videos and it's stupid social media and um, and then some poignant things as well um, right but it's once again if you want people to be interested you have to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And and that's exactly the key. It has to be interesting, um, you know. And and you you hit on that all the time because that is what is so important. Um, you know, telling somebody here is what you should be posting on social media is you know, like you said, crickets. You know, we're going to hear crickets with that. But 
if you give them a fun example of it or an example of what not to post, that's yeah. what catches people's attention. You know, and, and I love what you post on your personal page, which you do, um, you, know, you, you post business things there too, but it's never, here is what I do for a living, here is how much I charge. It's, you know, oh, good golly, I, my, I miss my flight, I have to drive, um, you know, all of these things, because then it makes you, as my old speech professor used to say, one of us. And I think that's where so many people get caught up, is they forget that, you know, we all are business people, we all have the same problems, all of those various things, but the second you kind of put yourself above that, then it's either I can't relate to them, you know, so why would they want to be friends with me? Or, you know, all those various things. But it's it's those little snippets, and it's not let's share every single piece of information, like what we're having for lunch today. Um, right. You know, it, it's not all of those things. It's just that little bits of things that well, really make people Humility and, and self-deprecating. Right. Well, and, mm-hmm. and I think you'll notice, because I, I know you, you, I see you comment on my stuff from time to time, that when I'm criticizing something, and, and for the most part, um, sometimes it's an airline, um, or making <laughs> fun of something, normally it's I'm making fun of myself or something mm-hmm. that I'm having right. to endure or, or some struggle with my teenagers or stuff that makes people go, yeah, welcome to fatherhood or something, and mm-hmm. they will laugh. But, um, yeah, and, and I'll listen, I'll even lift the curtain a little bit and because I have mm-hmm. a very clear intention. This is, You know what I do, and let's talk business for a second. I speak to to big audiences and small audiences on marketing and branding. And so for me, I want to remind people of that without overtly selling because it just doesn't work. So mm-hmm. even when you'll see something that um, alludes to travel, and I'll say, you know, woohoo, I get a go tango in uh, Buenos Aires because I just booked a keynote speaker or a keynote speech there. And I'll say, does any, anybody been there? Tell me a great restaurant. Well, listen, Deb, between you and I, I don't need to ask my Facebook friends for a good restaurant in Buenos Aires. I right. think the, the concierge can probably hook me up. What I, what I really just did was tell everybody and remind them that I'm an international keynote speaker, and I mm-hmm. want them to keep me in mind if they have a conference or somebody who's reading. Now, I couch that in terms of something that's interesting or entertaining, mm-hmm. uh, or I'll show pictures of, of a trip to Dubai and, and a video that I do maybe on the top of the world's tallest building and, and talk about how cool this all is. But but there's also a sort of a method to the madness. I want it to be entertaining. I want it to be engaging. But I want to remind people, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. I want them to think of me when they need someone to fill that role. It's mm-hmm. not me boasting that, oh, look at these great places, because you'll notice that mostly I bitch about getting to and, and coming from these places. It's hard. Travel is not glamorous. Right. Being, a, being in these wonderful cities is amazing. The going mm-hmm. there and the coming back sucks. Mm-hmm. So I try and make it entertaining. I make it mm-hmm. fun. But what I'm really doing is I'm reminding potential clients um, that this is who I am and what I do. And I try and avoid sort of the humble brag, but I want to be able to communicate while still entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like this generation's subliminal advertising. You know, you're getting way, that, yeah. that point in there without beating them over the head with it. Right, you're exactly right. I don't say, oh, by the way, and um, <clears throat> I'm available for your conference. I can do the morning opening keynote, and here's my fees. None of that. Um, once again, if I, I want people to be interested, so I need to be interesting. So I, right. I put some thought into the things, and sometimes it's very silly and very self-deprecating. Um, but 
people come back. And, mm-hmm. and part of it is sort of modeling for my audience <clears throat> what works and what I think mm-hmm. works. Right. And, cool. um, yeah. Well, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to talk about the concept that, that you briefly mentioned of something going viral, or in your book, you know, somebody who wants to be on Oprah, you know, and, and the concept that maybe that's not exactly what we all want. In, in truth. Um, so this is, is great. I am Deb Creer. I'm talking with Dave Avron on Mile High Radio, and we will be back in just a moment. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road. Nothing says, I love you more than milehighradio.com. Not quite seven years of age, Aaliyah had developed a fever that wouldn't go away, along with an arm pain that caused too many tears. A late-night trip to the ER revealed the news that no parent wants to hear. Aaliyah had cancer, leukemia. Her two-year treatment plan turned into five and a half years of chemo, oral and IV meds, appointments, ER visits, days, weeks, and months in the hospital, infections, side effects, multiple surgeries, a bone marrow transplant, and much more. Even though Aaliyah never gave up her battle, God realized that it was an unfair fight. On July 9, 2010, the cancer died, and Aaliyah went to heaven. We've all been touched by cancer one way or another, but cancer should never be allowed to touch our children. None of us can do everything, but all of us can do something. Together, we can fight to eradicate childhood cancers. Please support Aim to Cure in their effort to eliminate childhood cancer. Click on their logo on our website and give what you can. Aim to Cure has no overhead costs, so all money goes to research and public awareness programs. Please give today so that other children will have a tomorrow. Founded in 1987 in Fort Collins, Colorado, the Egg and I restaurants are locally owned and operated. They are committed to providing a breakfast and lunch experience that exceeds their guest expectations. This is done by delivering exceptional food in a warm and comfortable environment, served fresh by their caring associates who are dedicated to making friends with everyone, every meal, every day. I invite you to come and see Mr. Barrett Jackson and his warm and friendly staff at 2630 West Bellevue Avenue in Littleton, Colorado. The next time you need a table for one or a large party, take advantage of their phone-ahead seating by calling 303-794-0100. The next time you are there, make sure you ask to meet the manager so you can find out what the Mile High Radio Special of the Day is. The Egg and I, it's the place to be in Littleton, Colorado. More stimulating talk radio. MileHighRadio.com And now, we're back for more fun and inspiration with social media expert Deb Creer and her fabulous guest.
And we are back with my fabulous guest, who is David Avron, the visibility coach. So before we go any further, Dave, tell people how they find you online and how they can connect with you. Sure. Um, They can find me online. I am at visibilitycoach.com. And uh, just the other thing you can do is go on YouTube and uh, type in my name, David Avron, A-V-R-I-N. You'll see a number of... uh, marketing videos and and insights into, into what I do. And you know what? I, I think this is also something that goes back to what we're talking about in terms of, of creating content or going mm-hmm. or going viral. You had mentioned that before. Um, I, I'm a big believer in sort of being found, you know, online. Heather Lexi is another great speaker and trainer, mm-hmm. and, and she talks about the findability formula. And, and part of it is just being um, present, you know, when you have, you have to exist, I talk to audiences, and I still get hands of people who aren't on LinkedIn, and I'm like, you don't exist mm-hmm. uh, at a very basic, and of course, there's very advanced uses for LinkedIn, but you don't even exist if, you, uh, if you're not there. People find me through my website, but most often, they, they are directed to my website through finding me in other resources. Right. If you go online right now, if you go on, on you know, Google, of course, the number one search engine in the world. Number two is YouTube. Mm-hmm. And when you go on YouTube anywhere in the world, because, of course, this is the Internet, if you go on YouTube and you type in marketing speaker, I come up number one. Not because cool. I'm the greatest marketing speaker in the world. I mean, debatable, right? <laughs> no, it's because you I are. Con- I know you are. Right, because, because I have content and mm-hmm. little marketing videos. And, and wherever I am in the world, I, I, I hold up a camera and I do a little marketing minute and tell a lesson. I was in Bangalore, India, and my little tuk-tuk driver, the guy who drove the little little motorcycle car, I had him hold the camera, and I just did my little video. Hi, David Avern here in, in Bangalore, India, with about 8 million of my closest friends, you know, and um, a little marketing video. I did it recently mm-hmm. in Dubai. I was just stuck it on the little edge, and I said, I'm here at the... In Dubai, the Burj Khalifa, the world's tallest building, 200 stories, 57 elevators, it is impossible to ignore. And I give a great little marketing message, and I'm done. And, uh, you know, in my little closing, I say, David Everett, the visibility coach, reminding you, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. And mm-hmm. I take that video, and I pop it in, and I upload it, and it creates content. It makes me findable. Um, mm-hmm. For everybody listening right now, when you're looking for a new vendor, you're looking for a new school, you're looking for an employee, you're looking for anything, you look it up online first. We all do. Uh, our access to information is, is profound like no other time in human history. The question is, for those who are looking for who you are, what you do, and they may not know that you exist, how can we create enough content online um, to be findable when they're looking? And uh, it, it's... It's an art, but I, I think uh, part of it is, is is a discipline of making sure that you're 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 posting enough, mm-hmm. um, not to be confused with the SEO people, you know, who tell you you need to blog every day. And I just I don't concur. I, I think we're I think we're training people to ignore most of what we have to say. Right. If there's too much information, but you mm-hmm. can almost never have too much entertaining information. You know, people say, oh, I, I've laughed way too much today. I must break, I must take a break now. <laughs> as long as it's appropriate and it's tasteful mm-hmm. and it's worthy. And you had mentioned before the break about talking about about viral. Um, what, tell me your your philosophy on that, and I'll, I'll tell you where where mine where we uh, 
um, character well, diverge. You know, both both you and I are PR people at at heart, and we, right. as you know, we've always had the people. And of course, you know, it doesn't happen anymore. But it used to be they would come to us and say, "Get us on Oprah." Right. I mean that, and there was no, "Hey, can I get in the Denver Business Journal?" It was, "Get us on Oprah." You know, there was no in between. And right. I think and the same kind of thing happens today. Right. right today, of course, she's not on. So now it's get on, get me on Ellen. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Oh. Now they want to get. Now they want to get on Ellen DeGeneres. I want to get on Ellen. Okay. So anyhow, um, but the same thing goes with viral. They say, you know, we want a post, a video, or whatever to go viral, and they forget all of those steps that lead up to it. Um, and but then at the same point, um, I had an author one time, and this was when Oprah was still on, and and that was her thing to me. She came to me and said, "I have written a book, and I want you to get me on Oprah." Now, it was, it was a story that was a very moving story. It was a personal story uh, that she had gone through. But it was one that a lot of people had the same story. So it was not a unique story. Sure. And, you know, and, and I said, Oprah is probably not going to care because it's not a unique story. But more importantly, if we got you on Oprah and all of a sudden people wanted 20,000, you know, 20, 30,000 copies of your book, could you fulfill that? Because that's kind of the Oprah effect. You know, and, and the same thing happens with viral. You know, what if you're a business owner and, you know, maybe, maybe you're the, the cupcake factory down the street and you've got this cute little cupcake and you want, you know, and, and you have a, you say you want your video to go viral. Well, even if it's just here in Atlanta or there in Denver, you know, viral could be 20 people that see it or 2,000, but can you handle that influx of business? And I think that's where that strategy has to come in. You know, viral might be 10 people see it, um, but it's it's all about that whole business marketing strategy of can you fulfill the promises that you're making? Yeah, and for most people, it's one of those, God forbid we should have such problems, but I think you're right. The structure has to support the vision, but but isn't I think part of it is really indicative of our culture, and I don't want to be, mm-hmm. you know, condemning our culture. We all want what we want now, and we want to start mm-hmm. at the top, and we don't want to start in the bottom and work our way up. <clears throat> it's sort of the difference between the analog and the digital, and right. analog, you go from A to B and B to C, and digital, you just skip to wherever you want. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> our friend Eric Chester you know, who speaks on Generation Y, he has this great line, he says, we all stand in front of the microwave oven going, come on, come on, come on, we haven't got all minute. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we're very impatient for it. But I think it's still, I mean, let's, let's talk about sort of the essence. I mean, most of us don't have that challenge that, you know, we're, we're going to be in big trouble if, if, if something goes really big. I mean, right. it's a, a challenge we'd like to have. But the question is, how do you make it happen? And I think mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> some of it's clearly inadvertent. Some of it's clearly you just happen to catch a video of some amazing occurrence, and it's just a, it's a once in a one in a million right. kind of a chance, and that just happens. But for those of us who want to be intentional, and you look at some of the great examples, like um, the guy from the company um, Blendtec, mm-hmm. you know, the guy who's the CEO of the, the Blender company, and he puts on mm-hmm. the white lab coat, and they do that will it blend, and they just put everything in the blender. Mm-hmm. They put mm-hmm. an iPad, they put whatever. It's quirky and funny enough, and and um, Dollar Shave Club has some really great. But these are people who put a lot of thought and work into this. And let me tell you a really quick story because I think this is probably one of the most profound moments, and it's 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 driving the new book that I'm writing right now. Was this last year? I was sitting, my whole family was sitting watching the Super Bowl, and we were watching the commercials. And my my then ten year old son 
my oldest daughter's off in college, and I have one in high school, but my son is very young. And we're watching these commercials, and he looks at me and he says, Hey, Dad, I got a question. And he says, If they can do such great commercials during the Super Bowl, why don't they do great commercials the rest of the year? <laughs> and I sat there and I smiled and I looked at him and, and my former wife at the time looks over at me and she goes, yeah, marketing genius, answer that one. And I just stopped and I thought, I said, you know what, buddy? That's a great question and here's the, here's the truthful answer. They can do great ads all year long if they decide to and and put enough time and creativity into making it happen. And, and the reality is when they're spending all of this money, they just put more time into making sure what they do is really, really good. And the reality is the rest of the year, they could if they decided to, if they held themselves accountable for that. Mm-hmm. And I think the same applies when it comes to what we're posting online and social media and otherwise. If we mm-hmm. really dug deeper if we really scheduled time and treated ourselves like a client, turned off our phones and put our heads down and pencil to paper and work collaboratively, co- collaboratively with our vendors or our other staff members and said, let's do something great and let's not walk out of this room until it's great. Um, that's the whole line, once again, is, is when you're going to post something, is it more likely to be shared or deleted? Mm-hmm. And 95% of what I see and what I get, I would delete. And I do. Right. Um, doesn't mean it's not worthwhile. It doesn't mean it's not informative. But informative does not equal engaging. And, and you know, facts and, and opinions doesn't mean that it's necessarily um, um, entertaining or worth passing on to somebody else. So I think mm-hmm. when it comes to our, our posts and social media, we mm-hmm. put some thought and intention into something that is... Um, Really adding something to the to the public discourse or something that's truly unique or amazing or funny or whatever that is that will keep people engaged. Everything doesn't have to have an overt business purpose. For those of you who are listening who are in business, um, that overt business pers- purpose might be just getting somebody to feel connected to you. Right. And they're more likely to read and be interested in more of what you do. When I come out with a new book, sales of my old book, um, rise. Mm-hmm. People think this is really great. What else does he have? Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's the same thing with sort of what you post online. With it's very interesting to me when I get somebody who is a new friend on Facebook, for example, and then I'll notice over the course of an hour or two that they like posts that I did months ago because <clears throat> they find something interesting and they're scrolling back and saying, well, "What else?" Mm-hmm. Now they're engaged. Now they want to know who I am. They want to know more about me. Um, and then they want to share when I post something funny um, or interesting. I mean, just a couple of days ago, I posted a picture of my refrigerator filled with food because I said, I'm a single dad and I travel and my kids are eating like crap and I just joined a food club so I can have healthy food to make for my, my kids and be a better dad. And I got 151 likes and 33 comments so far of people say, sharing their experiences Mm-hmm. Well, now there's a level of connection. Right. Well, and it's it's always interesting to me when exactly what you said happens. When somebody goes back and comments, I've had people comment on things I did years ago, which yeah. that's a little spooky that they've gone back that far. 
But right. it does truly mean that they're interested. Um, exactly right. You know, and, and these aren't the stalkers. These are, you know, are not the, the ones where I get, hi, you're pretty. Okay, those get deleted. Right, absolutely. <laughs> but it's somebody who thought there was a connection and they were interested. And it's the same thing if you met them in person, you're going to say, tell me about yourself. Where did That's you right. grow up? You know, all those various things. Because it is part of that whole thing with building either a business and or a professional uh, personal relationship with somebody. You want to know more about them than just what you see right now. Yeah, and, you know, it's very, I don't know, it, it, it's very trendy to, to, to complain and very uh, about this whole generation and nobody looks up and everybody's staring at their phone. And, you know, there's some, a measure of legitimacy, but it's, it's sort of this shift in our culture, and you can either fight it and lament it, or you can use it to your advantage mm-hmm. and think, if this is how they're communicating, if this is how they're researching your company or you as an individual, make sure what they find is what you want them to find. Right. Or you're take, if you take a passive approach, then somebody else is going to define you. And mm-hmm. there have been some cases of, of businesses who you go and search their name online, and the first four postings are people criti- uh, critical of their business, mm-hmm. and their official page isn't even you know listed until number four and number five. You have to have sufficient content that communicates who you are and who you want to be. Mm-hmm. If you want to be provocative, then you need to be provocative in a lot of different places. If you want to be engaging and, and funny and connected, then you look at your target market and you say, where are they? What do they watch? What do they read? Mm-hmm. Where do they recreate and congregate? Make sure that you're there being who you want to be. you got to take control of this. Right. And, um, and like I said, be intentional. Well, and a very big part of taking that control is seeing what other people have said and posted. Um, you know, I always tell people, Google yourself. And see what comes up, uh, you know. And 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 some people are just astounded, you know. They they find things that either are about them or about somebody with the same name, um, which that's always entertaining. But um, you know, what happens if you look for yourself online or on Facebook, um, you know? And and you mentioned, you know, in the first part of the program, <coughs> excuse me, that. It's kind of like high school. I tell people it's like it's eighth grade. You know, we are who we hang out with, and you know, and, and that's that whole impression. And so, if you're hanging out online or in real life with, say, the party animals, and they're posting about their drinking and their partying, and they're tagging you in those pictures and those posts, that's what yeah. other people see. Now, it's you might be huge. so professional, but. You know, what does somebody else find when they look for you? And, you know, and I've had people say, well, but that was somebody else that posted it. Okay. So turn tagging off <laughs> so that they can't exactly do that. Right. Um, and if it's, you know, if it's something that's, especially if it's something offensive, yeah. you know, ask that person, you know, really, can, can you take that off? Um, you know, I, I, uh, have worked with people where I've had to tell them, you need to unfriend those people, you know, and, and just explain that, you know, you you love them to pieces, but what they post is just not acceptable. Um, Guard yeah. your mm-hmm. reputation. Mm-hmm. Guard your good name. As I tell my two teenage daughters, and I know this is a very cynical view, but I say, you know what the difference between love and the Internet is? The Internet is forever. Right. And ever. Mm-hmm. And ever. 
and that stuff's not going away. And I said, in the picture of you holding, Dad, I wouldn't post that stuff. And I said, no, I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about your, your stupid friend Ashley or whatever mm-hmm. else and what they're going to post. I, I ask audience because my audience, I know we've got to take a break here in a second, but I ask my audiences, and oftentimes much, many of my audiences are, are CEOs, and they're all top person at their organization. And I say, show me your hands. How many people will go online and will search a candidate before you make a final hiring decision? And I'm going to tell you right now, it's 100%. Oh, definitely. 100% of them will go online and do one last search. Mm-hmm. So you need to scrub and guard your reputation. And if people, I think, Deb, you're so dead on right. If people are tagging you, in, and it just means at least once a day, for 15 seconds, you go on whatever your social media, or maybe it's once every two days, but everything that's up there stays up there until it's not up there anymore. Mm-hmm. Whether you remove a tag, and I don't let other people post things to my page. And sometimes, it, um, and i got to turn certain things on or off, but, but I, I check it often enough that I can untag myself, um, guard your reputation, mm-hmm. guard your name. Right. And the same for, for those who are listening who are employers, you need to have very strong social media policies um, internally about what is and is not permissible in terms mm-hmm. of, of connecting yourself and your reputation to your company. Right. And and especially for the people who are maybe the face of your company, you know, whether they're the salespeople or, you know, all those things where somebody is going to look for them online, you know, because they've got a meeting with, you know, with them, what impression have they given? Um, and I love the fact that, you know, you talk about, you know, sometimes it's the, the last thing they look at. Sometimes it's also the first thing. And, you know, if they Absolutely. find something right away, then they've eliminated you, you know, and, and, yep. and you didn't even know you were in the running. You just got cut out before you even knew that. Absolutely. Decide what you want that persona to be. And, and we'll see this on the news, right? High school teachers posting sexy pictures of themselves. It's like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, we need to have this private life. It's like, yeah, but your private life is public to all of your students and all of right. your parents. And where do you go to get your, uh, where do you go to get your reputation back? Mm-hmm. Right? You know, once it's there, right. once it's online. And so it doesn't mean that we have to be, you know, obsessive about it. Just be smart. Just be careful. Think before. Mm-hmm. You know, think before you react, and especially, and this is the ones where people get themselves in big trouble, and Deb, you know this as well, is if, is, is when somebody gets into it or, or, or says something rude, and, and, you know, it's that old rule of, of, you know, take a deep breath or wait an hour or sleep before you, you know, go ahead and write that horrible thing, but before you hit send, you know, make sure that at least 60 minutes have passed or, or, mm-hmm. or you know, wait till you wake up before you send it because, you can't unsend it. Right. You know, and, and I think that's, that is the bad part maybe about our, our world today. There really right. is no privacy. Um, you know, the people who, you know, when I do my seminars, I, you know, how many people are on Facebook? You know, and anymore the vast majority of, of hands go up because right. it's a social media seminar. Sure. Um, and and then I will say, and how many of you think that that is your personal space and you can post whatever you want? And about 
half the people still keep their hands up and I say I'm sorry that's not the case um, you know and, and and you know there's there's ways you know every single image all you have to do is right click on it and you can save it to your hard drive so what if you're friends with a coworker and you post an inappropriate picture and they just save the picture and send it to your boss um, you know it, there's it, it always baffles me you know we had the the instance last week two weeks ago where the celebrities had Somehow, you know, there were yeah, several the celebrities. Yeah, yeah, the cloud got hacked. And, you know, yes, they shouldn't have taken the pictures to start with. I mean, you know, that's kind of the, the, the simplistic way to say it. But it, that's going to happen. People take pictures. They do things, you know, whatever. The, you know, and, and, but just understand that there is no privacy. Um, and I think that's what so many people don't get is... You know, they can post something on Facebook and they can set it to just their friends, but it still doesn't mean that that can't be shared, that it can't be downloaded. Um, you know, now granted, especially there are some things like, uh, I know photographers who there are ways to keep their photos from being downloaded. Right. You know, because they, you know, they obviously don't want their intellectual property stolen, but the vast majority of people, they they don't get that that picture that they post on Facebook or that was posted two or three years ago of them is is something that is there and that people can find. Um, right. And I and always tell people, for kids, especially mm-hmm. for kids, right. they just got to be very careful. And they mm-hmm. they don't understand the the, the consequences. They just well, don't get and, it yet. And bless them, you know, we we want to keep them as sheltered as as long as we can. But you know, posting the things like, "Hey, I cheated on my SATs," just because they thought it was funny, oh, not yeah. true, but funny. I know. You, you know, and all of those various things, you know, and, and, and it does come back to who you were with. Um, it's been uh, a couple years ago now when Michael Phelps, the swimmer, was at yeah. a party. And, you know, anybody who does not get that every single phone takes like a picture, a takes a video, <laughs> you know, and, and he was not doing the illegal activity, anyhow, he said he wasn't, that was going on in this picture. There were, there were, you know, smoking pot in these pictures. Um, but he was there. And so it's eighth grade. It's guilt by association. Um, yeah. you know, and, and so you just always have to be aware. Now I'm not saying, you know, don't go out, don't do any of that stuff. Just know that it's a it can come time. back. Mm-hmm. It's a different time. And how many times have we all said jokingly, you know, thank God they didn't have social media when we were teenagers because, you know, it's a rite of passage and we all do things that are mm-hmm. inappropriate or high risk or whatever right. else. And, you know, for, for most of us, we survive that time and we look back and we think, God, what an idiot I was. Mm-hmm. But, but also, thank God, there's no record of that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I tell my kids, I said, I wasn't an angel, but there's no record, so you have no proof. <laughs> but, right. But we, and it doesn't mean that we don't want to let our kids make make their own mistakes. Of course, you know, where uh, unless somebody's you know potentially you know really at risk, we we still guide guide and we teach. But there's this new element with social media, which can be so much fun. It can be so effective, an amazing way to communicate. Um, but it also there's some inherent dangers, and and we have to. Um, for for those who are parents who don't quite understand it as much as their teenagers do, you got to get informed. You got to get educated. Mm-hmm. Go to seminars for like what Deb does and others as well. Get informed, not just for yourself, to be able to effectively guide um, and put some parameters around your your kids and your teens and what they do. Mm-hmm. But they just don't know um, the long term ramifications of of the things that they do, and the record right. never goes away. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and, and I always tell people, you need to be their Facebook friend. Now, obviously, they can set up different accounts and all that stuff. So we're going to deal with the kids who are honest. <laughs> yeah. And and I say, maybe you're not into Facebook. You know, yes, there are those people who still don't do that. And I said, but have a trusted adult who is, you know, whether it's a friend of yours, a family member, something, so that if they post something they shouldn't, you can catch it pretty quickly. Um, yep. You know, I... I and, and, uh, no, and, no, and no private passwords. Mm-hmm. Not until they're of age, and they think it's right. an invasion. And I just say it's not. It's not a right. It's a privilege. No private passwords. Mm-hmm. And they're mortified by that. But you know what? As parents, we have them for such a short time, mm-hmm. and then they're they're off. You know, to the wolves. Right. And we just we have a very short time to really try and have to influence, mm-hmm. and then we yeah. just hope to make good choices. Well, and you know, like I said, they're they're young. They're naive. Um, and 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 things happen. That you know, we we want to protect them from. You know, the the stranger danger is holy cow. You know, just horrific yeah, now because of. Um, but you know, a good example that I always tell people is um, back in Colorado. There's a, a high school, Bear Valley High School, and you know, I'm sure you're very familiar with it. Sure. A friend of mine, her daughter was a cheerleader, and she was on Facebook. Now, this girl was good at Facebook. You could not tell by looking anywhere on her page even what state she was in. I mean, she knew she was very, very good at it. You know, they, they doubled and, you know, they, they really made sure. But she posted a picture of her in her cheerleading outfit one time. There is one Bear Valley High School in the United States. And unfortunately, one of her friends was not a 16-year-old boy. It was a stalker. Um, even though they had tried really hard, he had duplicated somebody else's account, and he went after her. Now she was okay; she, you know, she was able to to get the authorities there, and everything worked out all right. But it was simply that one photo that that got her, and you know, luckily she was okay. Um, you know, and and I have parents that say, well, but you know, I don't like it if my mom read my diary. Okay. It's a little bit different. The whole world isn't reading that diary, but the whole world can see those posts online. Um, right. you know, and and well, well, just teaching them also, don't post things that you want are your right. deepest inner thoughts. What you mm-hmm. post is public. Mm-hmm. Anything well, you post is going to be public to some extent. And those silly little kids, you know, I'm of the age where I can call them kids, yeah, that created too. Facebook, they think that the world needs to know everything. So all of the privacy settings wide open. Go to your kids' pages and tighten those things up. You know, at the very least, make it friends of friends. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, it shouldn't be that you post for the world. I post to the world, but I'm very deliberate with what I post. I do as What well. I post can be seen, you know, and, and but, you know, like, when I'm on vacation, my pictures are only appearing for my friends, um, you know, and, and all of those various things. So, it is a consistent thing that you need to think about who is going to see what you post? Yep. Yep, absolutely. And it's one of the things that I, I sort of struggle with is that, you know, my travels and, and it's not like my house is empty. There's, there's, there's people here when I'm gone and, and mm-hmm. people are coming and going, whatever else. But, yeah, that's the other thing that there's this whole new dynamic of do you want to let them know every time you get on an airplane um, so they, you know, cause think that there's your house may be empty and come right. And you make your own individual decisions. I think the, mm-hmm. the, the bigger point is make sure what you do is intentional, right? Not inadvertent. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's it, it, we'll tie this back into business. Everything you. 
Thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true You're a pal and a confidant I'm not ashamed to say I hope it always will stay this way My hat is off Won't you stand up and take a Leah, can this, are you there? Can you hear us? Dave, can you hear me? Oh, no. I can hear you, Deb. Okay, do we have Dave again? And I'm back. He said he was on hold. Did we lose him? Can you not hear him? I can hear him. I can hear both of you. I don't I see that we're in a group you. conversation. Alrighty, Dave, will you try to call right back? Can you do that? I'm here. I'm here. You got me or not? I do, but Deb unfortunately can't hear you, so that oh, you me doesn't call back? do too much good. Can you call right back? Yep. Thank you. Oh. Deb, he's going to call right back. Okay, sounds oh, good. Wait, well, then we will continue on. So sorry about that. I coughed and Skype hung up on us. How rude of it. <laughs> so, <clears throat> oh, there we go, coughing again. So what Dave and I have been talking about is how to be intentional with your marketing. And, and in particular, intentional with what it is that you are posting online. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where we tend to buttons. forget what you know what people might see, or we think, ah, two years ago I was having a lot of fun, and you know, but it was two years ago. Well, sorry, folks, what you posted online two years ago is still there. Uh, and here. so you might need to go back and delete those things, um, especially if, if they aren't matching what your current brand is, because your brand is your reputation. And it's whether it's an online reputation or, you know, out in the real world, it's all one thing. So what you post online is very much a part of every single thing that you do. Um, you know, and, and it's been great talking with Dave. I'm not sure we have him back yet. Um, there's, 
I'm not getting him. I can't hear him at all, and I'm not showing that you've added him to our group conversation. Um, we oh, nope, we don't have him back. We can't get him back. Skype is definitely acting up. Um, can we go, if we get him back, can we go a little bit longer than our normal noon? Absolutely, but okay. I don't know if we can get him back on a on a group call. It won't let us. Skype's acting okay. up again, unfortunately. Okay, well, then what that will mean is we'll have him on again. Um I'm going to send him a quick message there because the funny thing is he and I are communicating on Facebook about this. Um, but, you know, we will, uh, maybe we'll go ahead and, and just wrap up. I want to tell people that um, they can find Dave at visibilitycoach.com. Um, you can also find him on Facebook at David Averin. Um, and, and really watch what he posts there because it's a very good example of how he's intentional with what he posts. Um, last week I talked with someone about, with my guest um, who was Kurt Shaver, we talked about social selling, and it's the same concept. We aren't waving the flags and tooting the horns and saying, buy from me. It's all about how to gently sell to people, to let them know what product or service you have without being that used car salesman. So, you know, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Um, like I said, we'll just have Dave on again because this will be great to, to be able to finish our conversation. Um, I am Deb Creer, and I am so excited because I will actually be in studio in Colorado next week doing my radio program live. So that's going to be so much fun. I always love to be able to go in studio, love to be able to do the show remotely from Atlanta. But, you know, be, be sure to tune in next week because we won't have Skype problems. <laughs> Um, I am Deb Creer, the socialite. Thank you so much for listening. Again, check out Dave um, on visibilitycoach.com. And until next week, everyone have a great day. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>